Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to Car Talk on <laughs> National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack the Tapford Brothers, broadcasting this week from the Brain Enhancement Center here at Car Talk no, Plaza. No, 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 no. You got an email? <laughs> Wow, I thought I sounded just like me. <laughs> Didn't I? The worst. <laughs> well, do you have any mail? Come yeah, on. Is... You want to read some mail? You want to rant and rave? What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> we do every week. We do the same thing. I thought it was time. Well, you know, for people become change. accustomed to that routine, and it's <laughs> kind of. You know, I it's... thought it was time to shock no, them. No, out no, of it. no, no. Oh, you want to go back and do it all over again? Yeah. Oh. Hi. <laughs> no, it's kind of comforting. That, that routine is kind of comforting. Right. People... That the, the theme song fades out. And you say the same thing. Hello, and welcome to Car Talk on National Public Radio yeah. with us, Click and Clack the Tablet Brothers. I, I like my and we're one, broadcasting better. this week. From Live the- from New York! <laughs> from the Ambassador Suite. Oh, here yeah. At Car Talk Plaza. Yeah, don't remind me of That's about the AMC Ambassador Suite. <laughs> yeah, the one that you junked on me. Yes, and we've named this wing, this suite, actually. The, the, sweet, of, the sweet wing. The sweet wing of Car Talk Plaza. After my brother's long lost, long lost, and and uh, soon to be forgotten, never will be forgotten. never forgotten, I'm never afraid. forgiven. I will never sixty on my dying on my deathbed. Is that what they call it? AMC. There I, I can't was. wait. AMC ambassador. We should put out an APB otherwise for it. Known the as sleek black beauty. Yes. If anyone has seen a sixty-five ambassador convertible, stick shift. Don't forget three and a half on the floor. Yes. Black was black when I last saw well, it. Well, black least. and kind of rust color. And rust color. Yeah. If you see one of those around, my brother owes me one. Yes. So he'll pay anything for it. It's unlikely that you'll find this exact one because I <laughs> personally, personally attended the ceremonial crushing of this one. <laughs> yeah. It was quite a sight to behold. It was a cruel thing. Why do you keep bringing it up? You're it... trying to make me hate you? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I've tried to tolerate you all these years and I keep putting that in the back of my mind. I'm going to a psychiatrist just so I can get this out. This problem that I'm having. And I keep bringing it up. You keep bringing it up. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I keep trying to repress it. I won't say anything else ever again about that 65 Ambassador Convertible <laughs> Black Sleek Black Beauty that what? got crushed in the crusher and then I watched it happen. I won't say anything what a car. about it again, ever again. It was... That was it. it was 65, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you'd like to talk to us, our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 1-888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Yeah, hi. Uh, got a, a relationship uh, conflict question. I'm ho- you, hoping you can settle Oh, I love these. What's your name? <laughs> My name is Jeffrey. I'm calling from Ithaca, New York. Jeffrey from Ithaca. Yeah. Okay, what's the relationship problem? Okay, well, the relationship problem is a serious disagreement on how often to wash a car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a junky old Tercel, which I love, and it's in great shape because I brought it back from California. Uh, My girlfriend's got a gorgeous Subaru Legacy, and I tell her she ought to wash it every once in a while, at least the undercarriage, because there's all kinds of ice and salt here. Hey, Jeffrey, is there someone else on the line? We hear uh, interference or something. Oh, yeah. my uh, um, I think my girlfriend is breathing into the extension there. <laughs> she, 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 wants, she wants to make sure she's right about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. We'll, we'll tell her the truth. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, so I say that she should wash her car every week or two just to keep the undercarriage clear. Uh, she says, well, it comes right back, and an inch of ice and salt is no different than two inches of ice and salt. <laughs> <laughs> now, who is right about this? We she want to is. talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Her name's Mari. Mari, are you there? 
Yes. Yes, you're there. We know you're we there. We heard you breathing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mari, you'll be happy to know that in Ithaca, you're right. Now, wait a minute. Why? What do you mean? Right? What do you mean, wait a minute? Get off the line, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. I mean, what if you're really trying to keep the car from rusting away, then what makes it rust away is what? Rust, <laughs> which comes from salt on the roads mixing with what? Water. Right. And so when you wash your car every day, you take all the ice, which was quite inert, and you melt it down with nice warm water. No, but you also wash away the salt. You wish. Yeah. Of course you, you wish do. you washed Wait, away you, all you, the salt. Some of it? If, as long as it stays below... You mean when I pay the eight bucks for the undercarriage wash? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we do it in the little coin wash thing and squirt it under oh, the... Oh, yeah, what do you do? You put your wetsuit on? See, all the more reason. <laughs> when you do that, when you do that, you don't get way underneath because the car is, is on the ground. Uh-huh. So if, it, if, the, if the temperature stays below 32, which it always does in Ithaca... Well... Then you're better off with the, everything being frozen solid for the entire winter. Okay, now which one of you is taking the anti-wash position here? Me. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> right, the, the one who's weak of brain. <laughs> who's the one with the blood pressure problem? That's also That's Tom. Also Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, was, I, what was the question? To wash or not to wash? <laughs> that is the question. That is the question. Then, then my answer, I stick with my answer. Don't wash, huh? Don't wash either one of them. Then neither one of them's worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you have against the legacy? It's been great for us. Well, good. <laughs> Are we no. the only ones? <laughs> no, no. As no, long that's... as it's good for you, that's all that matters. But you should, you should wash. I'm a, I'm a proponent of washing. Yeah. When was the last time you washed your truck? Tell the honest truth. Oh. Now, who was president when you washed your truck last? Connor? Coolidge. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't have, one does not have to take advice to give advice. Yeah, it was just you the other day who said to me, you know what they say about advice? My brother called me up the other day. There I was lying in pain from having thrown out my back. Where does it go when you throw it out? Out the front. Out the front. <laughs> and... He advised me to go see his chiropractor. I, of course, since I never listened to anything he says, I didn't do it. Right, Vinny the bone breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so he called me up with some very sage words. He said, you know what they say about advice? The wise man doesn't need it, and the fool doesn't take it. Which are you, I or, said. <laughs> or is it bring it? <laughs> <laughs> bring it. So, I mean, now he's going to give you advice since even though he doesn't listen to his own, you've never washed your truck. I wash my truck all the time, and I suggest you wash your legacy. Okay, would you both agree, though, that if it gets above 32, that if it gets to the melt and slush, is it, you know. Yes, I, we would both agree that. to that. I would agree to that at least. Yes, but my brother is wrong. The, the ice is not inert. The rusting is taking place in spite of oh, the fact that... Oh, I'm going to talk to Doug Lavoisier-Berman about this. Okay, well, we'll have to have a discussion about but this. I will but... bet you that there is negligible rusting taking place, if any, when that's all covered with rust. First of all, it's anaerobic. There's no air in there. The, the, the ice is keeping the oxygen away. What's rust? Fe2O3. Where's the O coming from? 
Huh? Huh? No, huh? no, 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 no. There is O in the ice. Dissolved. <laughs> How do you think fish breathe? <laughs> uh, look, I'm gonna, I am gonna get the lab working on this immediately. Yeah, when, when, when your research staff comes up with a definitive answer on this, I will call you back. You'll yeah. read it in Nature, <laughs> <laughs> or the New England Journal of Medicine. One or the other. Good luck, folks. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks for calling. Bye. 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 One eight 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 Car Talk or one eight 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 two two seven eight two five five. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Christine calling from Minneapolis. Hi, Christine. Christine from Minneapolis. <laughs> you know how to spell Minneapolis, Thomas? I, of course I do. Minneapolis. M-I-N-N-E-A-P-O-L-I-S. Very good. Oh, hey, come on. I have a Ph.D. in spelling. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I ever tell you that? <laughs> Can you get like a Ph.D. in penmanship? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't get it. I didn't get it. What's what? up, Christine? Um, I have a limit horizon. And something kind of strange has been happening that I've been noticing this winter. Um, when I'm idling, like at a stop sign or a stoplight, every now and then it looks like exhaust is coming out of the front grill. Um, the temperature doesn't seem to be going up then at all, but mm. I'm wondering if this is bad or mm. if it's just some strange characteristic of Plymouth vehicles. Next time you see this happening, you say, mm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, it isn't serious. exhaust that's coming out. It's steam. It is? Yeah, because someplace under that hood, something's leaking. Even though you say it's not overheating, it might not be. Yes. But it certainly is losing coolant from someplace. Okay, it doesn't always happen, though. Yeah. So you see it wafting. Yeah. It may depend on the prevailing winds. Okay. Yeah. So if the wind is blowing in the right direction, it might not waft you know, correctly. It's, it's funny because... Whenever this happens, I, I notice, I, as you know, I have a Ph.D. not only in penmanship, but in psychology. Uh -huh. And one of the things that happens with people is denial. Uh -huh. I had exactly the same problem in my 63 Dodge Doctrine. I, think we, could, I think we could safely say that you <laughs> any, perhaps any had pro every problem. <laughs> you probably covered the entire spectrum. There, there'd be no call that could come in That's right. that you haven't I'm been like able to say, comment my car did that. firsthand about. Well, here's what happened. I would be driving along on the super highways here around our fair city doing like 40, 50 miles an hour, and I would think that I saw a little waft of smoke or something, and I'd say, nah. Nah, not my car. And I would just make believe it didn't happen. I'd park the car, walk away. And a few days later, it would happen again. And I kept saying, nah, can't be my car. And finally, I had the courage to open the hood. And sure enough, went, there was... Ah, no antifreeze! <laughs> antifreeze all over the place. And okay. it just barely comes out. It could be a hose that's broken. It could be the radiator is slightly leaking. I would guess it's the radiator if I had to guess something. Okay, because it doesn't happen when the car is actually in motion. It's only when it's... Well, oh, you would never no. see it in motion. It doesn't because okay. it's flying past you. Okay, now, the reason I was wondering about it is because my best friend and my mother both have Chrysler cars, and they also have the same problem. Oh, is that right? Maybe it's some kind of a signal by which they communicate. <laughs> Smoke signals. Jeez, wouldn't that be a coincidence if all three of your cars had the same problem? Yeah, no, I bet they all have coolant leaks. Maybe you can get, like, a group plan. <laughs> no, definitely have someone take a look at it. Be careful, because if something is leaking, it might be something that's ready to pop. Okay. So when you open that hood, 
don't go grabbing anything because it could be a hose which has now got a little pinhole in it. You grab the hose and you break it and you get flooded. Don't, don't even open with the hood. Steam. Just take it in. I'll take it in. No, <laughs> seriously. Steam, Let the pros do it. Steam will burn you so steam, badly. Steam is a terrible thing and it must be stopped in it our lifetime. It's stopped. dangerous. Save the steams. <laughs> so have someone take a look at it. Okay. Thanks and for if your you call. don't do it well, soon, you. you could really run out of coolant and then you would wreck this wonderful car. <laughs> See you, Christine. Bye. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. one car talk or 1-888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hey, this is Adam. Hi, Adam. Where are <laughs> you from, man? From Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, another one of you guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> How right. How are you? Another one of us. Alaskans are an odd lot, huh? Uh, I'm not from Alaska. I'm just up here with military things. Well, nobody's oh. from Alaska. Well, exactly. Eskimos are. Yeah, I mean, but... Right, but Eskimos that's about are it. from Alaska, and there are a lot of people who have many generations in Alaska. The only one I ever knew that went to Alaska was John Wayne. What was that movie? <laughs> I have no idea. Ice Palace. But I can't wait to get back to the east. I'm from originally from Baltimore, so this is quite a change. I mean, Alaska is the last frontier be, be after space and time, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Adam, it's been yeah. nice talking to you, and uh, <laughs> yeah, see you later. Call again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm in the market for a used car, mm-hmm. like a cheap used car. Yeah. Real cheap. I'm trying to keep it under $2,000. I want to pay cash, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right, and I'm pretty clueless about cars. (laughs) So I came to you guys. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm looking at, like, ads and things, and I I see things like rebuilt engine here and and rebuilt transmission. Would Would I want something that has... Oh, the original engine, or if a rebuilt... If it has a rebuilt engine, is that going to make the car a bit more, like, new... Well, I mean, the just before rebuilt is a condition we call garbage. <laughs> okay. So if you get one that's of the same age and it doesn't say rebuilt, it is therefore what? Garbage. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, you could. We have seen many engines that have over a hundred thousand miles on them that are not garbage. Uh huh. They're closing in on garbage, <laughs> but they're not okay. yet. Well, I tell you, I mean, this is one of the problems with buying a, an old used car. Right. Is that there really are no general rules that you can follow. You, old used cars are one at a time. Every single one of them. If someone said you should buy an old Volvo and someone else said, no, no, you should buy an old uh, Subaru, there would be no way to tell who was right. Oh, okay. Because what matters is the individual car. And so whatever car you see, you've got to find someone who can check it out and find out what's wrong with it. Because there can be two identical cars, and one uh-huh. of them can be really complete garbage, and another okay. one can be wonderful. But first of all, I would I would caution you, don't spend the whole 2000 if that's all you have, because you're going to need money to fix whatever you buy. Uh, all right. So you really ought to be looking for a car that's like a $1,000 car. Uh-huh. Well, they and, got those up here. Oh, oh yeah. sure. I've got one in my driveway. <laughs> Do they have the dogs to pull them around or what? <laughs> they go on their own power. No, no they so, got those up here too. Yeah. yeah. No, I would go for something. I mean, it's when you're down to that money, you're uh-huh. really talking about junk. So you're going to just find the best piece of junk you can, find out exactly what's wrong with it, and make sure you got enough money left over to fix what's wrong with it and make that add up to 2000 bucks. And you'll be all set. Save some money for... Good idea to me. Yeah, one yeah. other school of thought is if you have the room, and I, I don't know what kind of room you have, it might be a, not a bad idea to buy two of the same thing. <laughs> oh, really? 
Yeah, and we need whichever, to hook them up back to no, back. whichever one starts, you drive it. <laughs> well, I may try that one, too. Yeah, I would go for that. I mean, buy them for like 400 bucks a piece. Uh-huh. And you have okay. a parts car. I'll give that a shot. All right. <laughs> Good luck, Adam. Thanks a lot, All guys. right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, it is just about time to answer the puzzle that's been weighing on America's collective mind for nearly two weeks now. Actually, it's been 14 days. I mean, that's practically two weeks, isn't it? Very close. Well, this is the famous prisoner and light switch puzzle, the one that is being discussed at sixth grade dances in Aberdeen or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. And I'll have the puzzler and the answer in just a minute. So don't shut off the car and go into the hardware store just yet. (laughs) Lady on a Volvo. And even though Terry Gross fishes that brochure for auctioneer's school out of the trash (laughs) whenever she hears us say it, this is NPR. Support for the Car Talk podcast and this message come from NPR sponsor Traditional Medicinals. Traditional Medicinals is the herbal tea company that lives up to its name. Traditional because of the formulas based on herbal traditions that have supported health and wellness for centuries. And medicinal because of the ethically sourced high-quality herbs like their calming chamomile with lavender tea. Perfect for any time of day. Use promo code CARTALK for 20% off at checkout. Powered by Traditional Medicinals. This message comes from CARTALK and NPR sponsor Indeed. When it comes to hiring, you need help getting to your short list of qualified candidates fast. With Indeed.com, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. And when you need to hire fast, accelerate your results with sponsored jobs. New users can try for free at Indeed.com slash car talk. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. Astrology is as old as civilization itself. And today, it's easier to access than ever before thanks to the internet and smartphones. This week on Throughline, how astrology almost went extinct and made a remarkable comeback. Throughline from NPR, the podcast where we go back in time to understand the present. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Collect, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the answer to last week's puzzler. And this was a this was a tricky little puzzler. And, yeah, and, you bet. Uh, this was from my Prisoner and Light Switch series. <laughs> I actually got it from our pal, Professor Stan Zadonik, who teaches at Brown, and, and he said that this puzzle was making the rounds at mathematicians' parties in Hungary. But that was sort of a red herring, wasn't it? Well, it was. Anyway, I'm going to read the puzzle just as I did a fortnight or two ago. Go. The warden meets with his 23 prisoners when they arrive. He gives them a challenge. He says... You may meet together today and plan a strategy, but after today, you will be in isolated cells and have no communication with each other whatsoever. None. Zilch. Mm. There's a room in the prison that contains two light switches labeled A and B. 
they're regular old light switches, you know, up and down, you know, but I'm not telling you the present positions, which could be any combination, and these switches are not connected to anything. After today, from time to time, whenever I feel so inclined, I will select a prisoner at random and escort him to the switch room. This prisoner will select one of the two switches and reverse its position. He must move one, but only one of the switches, and then he'll be led back to his cell. No one else will enter the switch room until I lead the next prisoner there, and he'll be instructed to do the same thing. Change the position of one and only one of the switches. Right, and none of the, of the prisoners can see this happen. No, no, they're led back to their cells, which have no windows, doors, or anything, not, not even air. <laughs> I'm going to choose prisoners at random. I may choose the same guy you know, three times in a row, or I may jump around, come back to somebody, but given enough time, everyone will eventually visit the switch room an equal number of times. And what I want you prisoners to tell me is when every single prisoner has visited the switch room at least once. So at any time, any one of you can declare to me we have all visited the switch room. If it's true, that is, each of the 23 prisoners has visited the switch room at least once, you will all be set free. Oh, my God. If it is not true, meaning any one of you has not been to the switch room, you will all be fed to the alligators. <laughs> <laughs> It's so a, It's a fair deal. <laughs> so the question was, what strategy did the prisoners devise? Now, after letting everyone ponder this for and a And how did people who spent their lives <laughs> robbing banks <laughs> figure this out? <laughs> well, that's, that's another that's good question. That's another good question. But I let everyone struggle with it for a week, and, and but I did give out a couple of hints last week. Yeah. The first one was, forget about the mathematicians' parties in Hungary. You don't have to be a mathematician to figure this out. In fact, I, I felt an extremely clever sixth grader could do it, although Berman couldn't. How many, <laughs> how many years were you in sixth grade? Like I said, a clever sixth grader could figure it out. And the second hint was try solving it for like three people instead of 23. Yeah, the number 23 was a really a red herring. Anyway, yeah. here's the crux of it. Go ahead, man. So the prisoners all meet, and the leader of the prison says, look, guys, I have a strategy. Hmm. First, there's only one guy who can count past two, so we're naming him the counter. <laughs> and he's going to be responsible for making the call when the time comes, the call being, we've all, we've been, all been there to the switch room. He then proceeds to give instructions to the other inmates. He says, we're going to designate switch A as the real switch. That's the only switch that matters to the switch counter. Switch A... Arbitrarily, the one on the left. Well, say. the switches are labeled A and B. A and B, okay. Doesn't mean we don't know where it is, but it's switch A. Yeah. The other switch B is the dummy. It won't tell us anything, and you just use it when you have to move a switch but don't want to or can't move switch A. You got it? I so got it. So switch A is the meaningful switch, and switch B is nothing. The dummy. It's nothing. Because the guys have to move a switch. Exactly. According so, to the, the warden. So each of the 22 prisoners is told, when you go into the switch room, don't forget there are 23 prisoners, but each of the other remaining prisoners, the 22 are told, mm. when you go into the switch room, we want you to move switch A to the on position. If switch A is already in the on position, then leave it there. Flick switch B and walk out. All the prisoners nod. Got it. Now I want each of you to flick switch A to the on position twice and only twice. So if you go in there and switch A is already on, that doesn't count. I want each of you to actually flick it to on two times. You got it? They nod again. All the prisoners nod. One of them raises his hand tentatively. Yes, Berman? <laughs> he asks, who's going to be flicking switch A off? 
Good question, says the leader. The counter is the only one with the authority to turn off switch A. Mm-hmm. So each time the counter is taken into the switch room and he finds switch A in the on position, he knows that at least one prisoner has been there. It could be one prisoner who came in and turned it on, or it could be six prisoners, the first one turning it on, the next five leaving it on and not doing anything. But when the counter walks in and finds switch A in the on position, he knows at least one prisoner has been in the room since the last time he turned the switch off. But that's not true. Well, it isn't true, but trust me, we'll get to that condition. Because it is possible, just to make it clear, it is possible that the switch was in the A position already. Exactly. And when you work it all out, the counter has to turn off switch A 44 times in order to know that all 22 of the other prisoners have been into the switch room. And the reason he has to count that high is because he has to wait until everyone has been in twice because the original position of the switch isn't known. Uh Aha! In other words, if the warden started switch A in the on position and the counter was brought in first, he could be fooled into thinking that another prisoner had been in there. And that's why it's 44 instead of 22. Got it. And if you have trouble understanding the strategy, try it for just two prisoners. Prisoner 1 and Prisoner 2. And let's say 2 is the counter. Prisoner 1 is brought in first. He sees switch A in the off position, so he flicks it on. And let's say Prisoner 1 is brought in again. Remember, the warden picks prisoners randomly. So Prisoner A leaves switch A on and flicks switch B, which doesn't matter. At some point, the counter guy comes in, the other prisoner, Hmm. finds switch A on and flips it off. That's once, he says. But he doesn't really know that the guy has been there. Exactly, because it could have been up to begin with. But eventually, prisoner one is brought back in, and he turns switch A on again. Uh. So when prisoner two comes back, he sees switch A on, and he knows that the other prisoner has definitely been there. And he says to the warden, our work is done here. Uh So the number of times that the counter has to turn switch A off is exactly twice the number of remaining prisoners. That is, the prisoners minus him. Yeah. So if there were 23 prisoners, including him, he has to turn the switch off 44 times. If there were two prisoners, he has to turn the switch off two times. Pretty cute, eh? Absolutely perfect. So who's our winner? Well... We're going to have two winners this week because some people got it the first week. Some others needed the hints. So the winners selected at random from the 10,000 people who responded to this <laughs> are Kathy Bickle from Campbell, California, and Mark Quinlevin from Dundalk, County Louth, Ireland. I love it. So Kathy and Mark are both each are each going to get a $26 gift certificate. Oh, they don't split it? No. <laughs> They're each going to get 26 bucks. To the Shameless Commerce Division and Mark from County Louth, you'll be lucky if that covers shipping and handling in your case. <laughs> we'll send you a T-shirt. Come on, we should pay the shipping and handling from, for him. Yeah, we should. Anyway, we'll have a brand new puzzler uh, coming up in the third half of the show, so sit tight. Uh, I, I don't know what to call this puzzler, but maybe... Is it part of the Prisoner uh, series? No, no. I, maybe <sighs> maybe this should be uh, the regression to the mean, or, or, or rather a return to bogosity. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Or yeah. mediocrity. Anyway, if you'd like, you can give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hello. Hi, who's this? This is Will Winfrey. Hi, Will. Will. Where are you from, Will? Joplin, Missouri. Oh, yes. I have never had the pleasure. But well, somehow Joplin conjures up for me 
a great place. Riverboats and whatever. No, I can see people hanging out. You know, we go down to the corner and watch the stoplight change. Yeah, that's it. That's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of place for me. But yeah. it does have that romantic sound to it, and I love it the way you say Missouri. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually if you've ever been here, it's misery. Misery. <laughs> but I mean, is that the proper pronunciation from Missourian? Missouri. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's the way Missourians say it. I will say it that way from now on. I want to be one of the guys. I want to watch the stoplight change. <laughs> okay. So, what's on your mind, Will? Well, I've got an '88 Ranger. Uh, you know, a little baby. Uh, pickup yeah, pickup truck. A baby pickup truck. Right. And I've got a uh, 180-pound dog, a Great Pyrenees. Hmm. Uh, and. When old Moses sits in the truck with me over on the passenger side, uh, he's got his feet down on the floor and his, his butt up on the seat where it belongs and his head hanging up over the dashboard. Oh. Well, he had a full stomach the other day, and we was on one of our fine, improved, bumpy roads. Oh, I can see it now. <laughs> he blew beets, <laughs> tossed his cookies, <laughs> he spewed onto the dashboard. Uh, not into, into, not the into the, event. not into the, yeah, oh, into the did, vents? Into the vent? Into the vents. The defrost vent? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I took it down to the shade tree mechanic after I squeegeed up most of the hunks. Yeah. And I said, what can we do? Because this smells terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's bad enough when humans do it, but dogs are disgusting. <laughs> yeah, because you know what they lick on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do know. That's why it's disgusting. So, I mean, did, did you tell him what it was? Uh, yeah. Did he refuse to work on it? Uh, I know no. I would have. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I asked him what he could do to fix it, and he said, uh, well, I could take the whole dashboard out. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think you have to go to that extreme. Okay. No. Now, here, here's, my, here's my thought is he was talking, you know, a, a couple hundred dollars to do that kind of work. And I was thinking, should I do the pay him to do the work, or should I sell the truck to somebody who has a cold? They got to have a real bad cold. <laughs> yeah. Should I should I get an air sick bag for my dog? <laughs> Gee, no, really. What can I do about this? Well, if it, if it, I mean, obviously the stuff either went down the vent, uh huh, or it stayed on the dashboard because it went in the vent. Right, right, but the, the, but not all of it. I mean, some of it stayed. So. So suffice it to say that what didn't stay on the dashboard went down the vent. Right. That vent looks like, uh, you know the thing that goes in your vacuum cleaner that you that you vacuum your rug with? If you look at that, that's what that's shaped like, and it comes down to a, a circular connector at the end to which a hose attaches that comes from the heater box. And the entire dashboard doesn't have to be taken out to get at this No, thing. you can take out the glove box. Fortunately, he was he was not driving. Right. Because he was sitting in the passenger seat. If right. he had been driving, this would have been a bigger problem. Yeah. So what you have to do is take the dash, uh, the uh, the glove compartment out. Okay. That's easy to do, and you'll be probably looking right at this thing. And if and you... it looks like a funnel. Okay. But you need to wear sur- you need to wear surgical mask and gloves because <laughs> huh? it's, it's going to be gross, isn't it's, it? It's going to be yeah. gross, but it, and I don't think it's that hard because once you take out the glove box, uh-huh. you will see the end of this funnel shaped thing, and you'll. It's got a hose clamp around it with the hose that goes to it, and t- and loosen it up. Have a barrel ready, <laughs> <laughs> and then you could actually flush it out. Well, you can take the whole thing off. You can take the hose off. You can take off this this duct, and and you can probably clean the thing out pretty well. No, actually, I don't think there's any harm in actually pouring water down there. Mm. It'll just come right out the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Onto my carpet. 
No, you'll have a bucket down there. Oh, okay. Put a bucket down there. Put a bucket down there, pour some water in it, and you'll just flush that baby right out. What, you would, what, I, what I would do is line the floor, actually, with a with a plastic, plastic bag. bag. Yeah. And let okay. the stuff pour onto the plastic bag and puddle in the middle of it. Then you can pick the whole thing up and dump it, put another bag in there and do that. But, boy, it must have been pretty bad, well, huh? It's not as bad as it seemed at the time. I think it's... I don't know. You weren't riding him when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, but I think you can clean it up, Will. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks, wife. See you later, Will. Bye. one 888 talk or one 888 Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Jennifer from Colorado Springs. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. What's up? Well, I'm calling about my 1991 Toyota four-wheel drive pickup truck. Ooh. And when I am stopped at a light, if I have the car in neutral, and I have my foot on the brake, it idles, it just revs up and down, up and down. But as soon as I take my foot off the brake, it idles just fine. Really? Really. I like it. Yeah. And if I have it in gear, it idles fine. But if I have it out of gear and my foot on the brake, Now, wait a minute. Is this a stick shift? Yes. If you have it in gear with your foot on the clutch, you mean? Right, if I have it in gear with my foot on the clutch. But how about if you have it in gear with your foot on the clutch and another foot on the brake? Then it revs up and down. Right. Yeah, of course. Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to phony up another answer. <laughs> you get, Not you, that you wouldn't be able to do it. I, no, no. You I get know, points, I had, Jennifer, for cooperation. <laughs> I had faith in you that you, no matter what her answer was, you could come up with the it. The wheels were turning, man. <laughs> Well, uh, she has a classic. Yes, vacuum leak. Yes, and we even know where it is now. Yeah, we do know. She told us. Yeah, you told us where the leak is. Fabulous, fabulous. The leak is your power brake booster. Okay. You, you, your truck, like most vehicles, in fact, I don't think anyone anywhere sells anything anymore without power brakes, or what yeah. they call power assist brakes. And your Toyota is no exception. And it okay. operates on vacuum. Engine from the engine. So what it does is when you step on the brakes, there's a huge diaphragm, and that diaphragm actually gets sucked by the vacuum created by the engine when it runs, and it actually assists or multiplies the force that you apply to the brake pedal so that you don't have to stand on that pedal to get the thing to stop. Okay. But you need a new power booster. Is that a a big thing? Uh, It's big, but it's not expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a few hundred bucks, though. Okay. Now, is, is there any way that that would also cause my taillights to go out when I push on the brake? Tail we have a bad light. connection. <laughs> <laughs> what, your taillights or your brake lights? Well, on one side, everything goes off when I push on the brake. Yeah, because uh, you have a... Oh, yeah. you have a, No, the answer is no, no. It couldn't cause this. Something else is causing that. Okay. Right. You have a bad show. connection <laughs> back there or a bad... Maybe something as simple as a bad bulb. Okay. But you should take out that the, the bulb in question and, and put the bulb from the other side, which works correctly. We tried that. And it did the same thing? Mm-hmm. It stays on the same side, mm-hmm. in which yeah. case it's a wire. Yeah, it's either the, a wiring problem or the socket is bad. Okay. But that's easy. Okay. When you're in having the $900 booster done, they'll throw that in for free. <laughs> Maybe they'll throw that in for free. Yeah. Good luck, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, it's that part of the show again. 
Is this where all the stunned radio execs come in the studio and are so excited about the show that they do, like, backflips? No, no, this is where Bugsy wakes up startled and flips <laughs> back off his stool. But you were close, man. We'll be back with a brand new puzzler in just a minute. When the moonlight falls on the double wide It's a social worker's nightmare on the inside And the dish in the front yard like a beacon to the world It's a model education for all young boys and girls And the big man, he doesn't blink While the bills pile on the table like the dishes in the sink And he hasn't looked them over so he and even though snowmen everywhere pray for temperatures in the upper 40s whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR. This message comes from Car Talk and NPR sponsor BetterHelp, the online counseling service dedicated to connecting you with a licensed counselor to help you overcome whatever stands in the way of your happiness. Fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a professional tailored to your needs. And if you aren't satisfied with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time free of charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CarTalk to get 10% off your first month. Get the help you deserve with BetterHelp. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, host of How I Built This from NPR. And on our latest episode, how Julia Hartz and her husband Kevin launched their ticketing platform, Eventbrite, from a closet in a San Francisco warehouse and today manage events in 170 countries around the world. Listen now. We're back. Ooh, you're listening to car. <laughs> you're listening to car talk with us. Click and clack the Tappet Brothers, and we're here to discuss what cars, car repair, and the new puzzler. Interesting puzzler here. You did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know this. This is one of these puzzles that I had to kind of rework. Uh-oh. You know, a little. Well, more than a little, I guess. I, I a lot. In fact, I changed just about everything. You might say. In fact, the but, guy who sent it in, Jeff. I didn't even like his last name, so I changed that too. <laughs> So, he's not even going to recognize it. <laughs> he's not even. Jeff, Jeff Sager. But the, he'll, he'll recognize it as being his puzzler, even yeah. though I didn't use his last name. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Uh, a buddy and I were out late one night, and uh, it was so late, in fact, that when we got back to the parking lot, my car was the only one still there. At the time, I was driving an otherwise very reliable Honda Accord. Anyway, as I was preparing to start the engine, I stepped on the clutch pedal, and it just sank to the floor. I could start the car in neutral, but there was no way to shift the, the, the thing with the engine running. Now, the fluid in the clutch master cylinder had been leaking out slowly, and I'd been, you know, meaning to get it fixed. I just didn't have any time. I'd been topping off the reservoir with this can of, of brake fluid I had in the trunk about like every two weeks or so, and I guess I just forgot. So I opened the trunk while I reassured my friend that just a few ounces of fluid and a few quick pumps of the clutch pedal to remove the air in the system, and we'd be back on the road, you know, and our wives wouldn't be that mad at us for coming home mm-hmm. late. Well, I found my can of, of fluid, all right, but it, it was, was empty. empty. Of course. Bone dry. I, I guess I must have left the cap loose or something. <laughs> Desperate, I started rummaging through the, the, the contents of my trunk, and I found the usual stuff, you know, a, a jack, a spare tire, a uh, a, a deflated football, my high school diploma, <laughs> picture of my mother-in-law. Sheesh! <laughs> How did that get in there? Uh, you know, a can of oil, some antifreeze, and a, and a jug of uh, water. Well, I knew I couldn't use any of those things, especially the liquids, as I was afraid they'd contaminate the fluid that hadn't yet leaked out and would do damage to the other rubber parts and seals that were still okay in the clutch mm-hmm. system, right? Mm. What to do? 
I tried scaring the thing back into working by flashing that picture of my mother-in-law, but that didn't work. Just then I noticed that my pal was jumping from, you know, one foot to the next, kind of like what little kids do when they have to go. Yeah. And I said, what's the problem, man? He says, I have to go. (laughs) And he started looking for a nearby bush to hide behind. Well, rather than risk arrest and having our wives even angrier, uh, I directed him to uh, an all-night burger joint across the road. I stood there, hood and mouth agape, and pondered our fate. Yeah. Ten minutes later, I guess he really had to go, my friend returned with a spring in his step and something in his hand. Yeah. Claiming that what he is carrying would solve our problem and get us home. The question is, what was he holding and how did it work? And he didn't pee into the cup. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and the hint is he didn't buy anything. Didn't buy anything. He didn't buy anything. Now, if if you think you know the answer, write it on the back of a $20 bill and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 022. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. And right now, if you have a a car question, especially a good one, give us a call at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Yeah, this is Ken in Bluffton, Indiana. Hi, Ken. Bluffton. Close to Fort Wayne. Okay. Fort Wayne. Gotcha. Where the Pistons used to be from. Oh, right. Yeah. Fort Wayne Pistons before they became the Detroit Pistons. Right. The basketball team. Oh, Oh, yeah. Is Detroit also in Indiana? No. <laughs> used to be. <laughs> used to be. They but moved Continental it. Drift is taking care of that. <laughs> anyway, so, what's Ken. What's up, Ken? Well, we have a 1995 Ford Contour. It's a manual transmission, and when you come up to a stop sign or a stoplight or a parking place or something and uh, have the car idling, it will occasionally make a funny sound and stall. Mm. This is with the clutch out or with it out of gear. And it never does it when it's just sitting there idling and never does it going down the road. But when you're when it's idling coming up to a stop, it makes a, the noise. And the noise is like this. It goes, ooh. Where's the noise coming from? Well, that's hard to tell. It just You can hear it throughout the car and you can't tell where it's coming from. It's not from somebody in the back seat. <laughs> we know it's that. not somebody with a piece of tissue paper <laughs> and a comb. <laughs> no. No. And it's a funny sound. It sounds like a cow mooing. So it hap- it happens if you're coming to a stop and it stalls before you even get to, to stop. But then yeah. I'm going to guess that it starts right up again. Oh, yeah. It'll always start right up again and run normally. Mm-hmm. I've asked two mechanics about it. Uh, one Ford mechanic said uh, he'd never heard of it before. And another mechanic uh, suggested that the throttle body might be dirty or, or the mass sensor and I checked that out, and I found a sign on the uh, uh, throttle body which said, Do not clean this throttle body. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I didn't. All right. You, you qualify, Ken, for the cockamamie answer of the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an unusual situation. It and, is. And, and it is calls for, calls for drastic. It calls for draconian measures here. Drastic <laughs> measures. Ah. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. I'm, I can hardly wait, man. I mean, did this just come to you, or have you been developing it as Ken was, was giving us the details? Before I even knew he was from Bluffton, I was, I was working on you the You were working answer. on the Bluffton. 
All right, see if you'll go, see if you'll go for this. <laughs> there, there is a uh, a tube that connects the throttle body to the airflow sensor. Yeah. Okay, and that tube conveys the air mm. that's been sensed. Yeah. Okay, so what happens is the, as the engine uses the air combustor fuel, but the that air has to pass through the airflow sensor first, and then it travels through this tube, which is, I don't know how long, a foot or so long, Yeah. Where whereupon it goes through the throttle body and, and into, the, into the cylinders. Yeah. If there were a crack in that tube... I love it already. Okay, that would account for two things: the noise, the moo, yeah, <laughs> and the, the stalling out. Uh huh. Now yeah, I know you're going to say that you examined this thing carefully. <laughs> no, I really haven't examined that tube. No. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do like it. <laughs> and it would also account for the reason that it starts right up again too. And it doesn't take much of a crack. Mm-hmm. To create a leak so that air, what it does is it leans out the mixture so that air is going in through this crack and not passing through the airflow sensor. So it upsets the mixture and the thing will stall and because it, the mixture is all screwed you up. you got a, a huge amount of air and not enough gas. Called a lean mixture. Right. It would stall out just like any vacuum leak would cause stalling. And then it could start right back up again until the next time it decided to do it. But I would examine that thing and if that's not it. Don't ever call back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds good to me. See you, Ken. Good luck. Thanks. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was very good, Frank. Very good. I had to get rid of him. I, I knew <laughs> that we'd have him on for half an hour. If I didn't <laughs> 1-888-CAR-TALK or 1-888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, this is Beth Goulart in State College, Pennsylvania. Beth? Yes. Hi, Beth. From where? From State College, Pennsylvania. State College? Yeah, I'm at Penn State. Are you a student or a faculty member or nope, a staff I'm a student. person? A student. What yeah. are you studying? I'm studying geography and French. Geography and French. Right. How did you happen upon these two useless? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want the truth or do you want the easy answer? No, no we, we, we want the truth. We want, want the absolute the truth? truth. Yeah. Absolute truth. Well, I like to speak French, and I want to know how to find all the places in the world where they speak French. Ah, (laughs) that's it. And once you've done this, so that took you like two weeks. Now what are you doing? (laughs) Well, I'm going to finish first. You're going to finish first, and then you're going off. You're packing your bags. She's going to work for the government. No. She's going to go into the... No, I'm not going to work for the government. No, I can... No. No, No, I have to go save the world and, you know, solve all of our environmental problems. Oh, really? Using my French-speaking abilities. Really? <laughs> Your French, yeah, well, that's going to go a long way. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. oui, oui. Are you going to, like, be bring soap to France? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one of the more charming aspects of their culture. I think we wouldn't want to ruin it. You call it charming? Yeah, okay. oh, very. I'm sure they call it charming also. <laughs> they probably call it charmant. <laughs> so what can we do for you today? Okay, I'll try to give you the condensed version of what happened. Yeah. I drive my boyfriend's Mustang a lot. It's How like old? A, a 93 or 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was driving home, and it was in one of it was right after one of these ice storms that we oh, had. Oh, great! So the roads were pretty. They weren't. They were all right, but I was in a construction area, and it was a single lane, and it was walled off by those low low walls. Oh, Jersey barriers, they're called. Oh yeah, I always called them cattle chutes. Yeah. <laughs> Your the concrete things. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, concrete the concrete slabs. Right. Yeah. So there was a, there was a fender bender ahead of me. And I had to brake. I was going really slowly, but sure enough, it was a real icy area. So as soon as I braked, I lost control, hit one of those walls, and came to a stop. And then I got rear-ended. 
Uh-huh. So, now it was amazing. We got out of the cars, and you could hardly even tell on the car I was driving. It was, there was hardly even a scratch on the bumper, and it, actually, there was hardly even a scratch where I'd hit the wall either. And you were alone? Yes. Yeah. So, it was kind of scary, but everything was fine. A couple of weeks later, um, we've got everything settled, and where my boyfriend lives, they had never cleared out his parking lot, so it was like an ice skating rink. So his friends always had to push his car out of the ice skating rink <laughs> to get it out <laughs> onto the road. And they're pushing him out one day, and one of them commented that only one of his rear wheels was spinning when they were pushing it. And so he came to me and said, What did you, you know, do to you my, broke car? my car? Yeah. <laughs> it's dead. You broke it. Only one uh -huh. of the rear wheels is spinning. Bummer. And I, my response was that that didn't seem very logical because I couldn't imagine that in a rear wheel drive vehicle you wouldn't notice something like that when you were yeah. driving. Mm -hmm. You know, like, because yeah. it was handling just fine. Did this cause a big row? I mean, did you have a big fight with your boyfriend over this? <laughs> well, we won't talk about that. Well, we have to. Probably That's listening. more important than the answer. <laughs> But I mean, no, no, we didn't have a fight about it. I mean, he just came right out and accused you. He didn't ask, <laughs> did, did you do something to my car? He said, you wrecked my car. Uh, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He comes straight down to it. I guess I have to admit that. Sorry, hon. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I don't want to give away anything here, but I think from now on, can we refer to him as your ex-boyfriend? <laughs> If you must. <laughs> well, but you haven't heard all of it yet because he just doesn't. To it test it hardly theory. matters. No, no, we want to hear everything. We do. <laughs> so he tests this theory. His parents have a gravel driveway, and mm -hmm. he's noticed in the past that when he, you know, peels out of the driveway really fast, he leaves two little divots. So yeah. he got in the car and peeled out of the driveway, and <gasps> he only left one little divot. Uh huh. So, With his car. So clearly. Yes. So clearly, this is evidence that you have prevented that one of his, his wheels car. from turning. <laughs> Right. And, of course, now that only one wheel turns, the car is practically undrivable, right? <laughs> well, that would be what you think, but, you know, I but haven't noticed anything different. It hasn't affected it. No, it hasn't affected it at all. Interesting. So I started talking to some people. I have a lot of engineers in my family, and Good. I used to live with one. Um, mm -hmm. They're mechanical engineers. My boyfriend's a civil engineer, so, oh, you know, it's different. Um, and they're, they've been saying that most cars are supposed to do that. Differential something or other? That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Only one wheel. Under extreme circumstances, when the traction is very different between mm -hmm. one wheel and the other rear wheel. Like if one of the wheels is on ice mm -hmm. and the other one isn't, mm -hmm. then in fact the wheel that's on the ice will spin. And of course okay. the wheel that's not on the ice wouldn't spin because what? The car would move. Right, but the car wasn't moving. No, yeah. the car won't. When you have when you have a wheel on ice and another one on dry pavement, all the power goes to the wheel with the least resistance, which is the one where the ice is. Oh. And so one wheel spins and the other one doesn't go at all, and that's why you're stuck. Now, to answer your question about why his car leaves two divots in the gravel driveway, right. and now he left only one. Right. Yeah, but if he did that test over and over again, he'd find out that more often than not, if the if the conditions are the same for both rear wheels, then the power gets distributed evenly to the two rear wheels, mm -hmm. so that he's more likely to leave two divots. But if there's one that's a little bit slipperier than the other, then he will leave one divot only. Okay. So it's behaving exactly the way it should be. You didn't break anything, but I think you that's should right. break his nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, and do you think that he's going to be convinced that you said this? Or well. Because he wants it, he wants the mechanic to look at it right now, and we can't afford that. No, so him, let him let him have any let him have anybody he wants look at it because it won't be any business it. of yours because he is your ex boyfriend, 
And what do you care what he does? And you don't, he can you don't go jump be... off a cliff if he wants to. Listen, you have, you are embarking on a career in geography and French. Do you want to be stuck <laughs> with a bridge builder? Or, no, worse than that, a road builder. You guys are mean. A road <laughs> paver. That's you know, probably always going to be driving one of those asphalt trucks. <laughs> dump him. <laughs> yeah, dump him now before it gets too serious. <laughs> well, it's been a while. I think it's already pretty serious. Uh, sunk take, cost. He lets me take his car out of town. I mean, who is he to turn around and yell at you for breaking his car without even questioning it? Now he thinks he knows it all. Is he, he's he doesn't a, know anything. He's, he's sort grad, of like my brother. He's a grad student? He's a grad student? No, he's an undergrad. We're Under, both undergrad. Undergrad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. tell him to take a couple of mechanical engineering courses. Okay. And he'll, he'll find out about the differential, and he'll come back to you. And he'll apologize. And apologize profusely. Yeah, and then can I take him back? Yes. Yeah, but if he doesn't apologize... Dump him. Okay. Trust us on this. Yeah. All right. We don't know much. But we okay. do know this. No, I didn't say that. I said so. We, we know don't about know cars much. And about relationships. We know about cars and we know about exes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you, Beth. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> well, it's happened again. You vaporized yet another hour listening to Car Talk. Our steam producer is Doug, the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Berman. Our associate producers are David, the calves of Belleville Green, and Catherine Frau Blucher Fenelosa. Our web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor, assisted by Connie Bridgeford. Our theme music is by David Dog Grisman, and our technical spiritual and menu advisor, just back from the Terra Haute Rolled Oat Curried Goat Root Beer Float Snack Remote, <laughs> is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Margin Overa. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzoff. Our public relations consultant is Lila Kadog. <laughs> our appointment secretary is Les Dulunch. <laughs> and our solicitor of new ideas is Obi Quiet. Our meteorologist from the New Delhi office is Luke Autovindo. Our staff auditor is Euripides Euripidos. <laughs> our eBay specialist is Selma Junkoff. Our rental property manager is Ulysses Up. Euripides Euripidos, that's good. <laughs> our complaint line operator from the Dubai office is... Mustafa, wrong number. <laughs> our Russian chauffeur is peak off and drop off, and our seat cushion tester is Mike Easter. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is you, Louis Dewey, known to the Sartre coding street sweepers in Harvard Square as Huey <laughs> Louis Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can get a podcast of this show, which is number 2008. Subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our Taste Challenge clothing and best of collections all over at cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, we're here to help you clean up your driveway. Got a car that's long in the grill? The Car Talk Vehicle Donation Program will tow it away for free and send the proceeds to your favorite NPR station. It's the good deed you've been looking for to help justify that new Lexus. Turn your car into the programs you love. Find out how at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though Einstein says, so maybe God does play dice with the universe (laughs) when he hears us say it, this is NPR.